Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, time for us to have a little chat this morning with Richard Zussman over in Victoria. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Simi. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Listen, I'm sorry that yesterday the Hockey Hall of Fame once again passed on your Daniel Alfredson. I mean, that's just wrong. Man. I know. I have lots of thoughts on the Hall of Fame, Simi, which I'll bet you do. doesn't surprise you. <laughs> and you I, I love Daniel Alfredson. I know you I would. He's Ottawa Senator. Six <laughs> Daniel Alfredson figurines that sit on my desk that I haven't been to in four months now. But I miss Daniel. Uh, and his figurines that sit on my desk. And he actually played <laughs> golf at the golf club I grew up playing at. But he's one of those guys for me that ends up in the Hall of Very Good rather than the Hall of Fame. I and know. I this is like his fourth year. Sports. This was his fourth year of being eligible for the Hall of Fame. And he did. They put Marion Hosea in, uh, who I think yeah, played in a Ottawa Ottawa briefly. Senator. Yeah. Um, I also have him on my desk as well. <laughs> Um, and I wish he remained as an Ottawa senator longer. I know. But I think, Simi, the Hall of Fame is overused in many ways and should be the greatest of the greats. And I think the Sedins will get their oh, turn soon. Uh, but I really feel like you need to bring a Stanley Cup back home to your city. And I think the Sedins may be an exception to that rule. But Alfredson may be a guy who's waiting a long time. And I guess... Based on what we've seen, trends in the Hall of Fame will eventually get in. But thanks for bringing it up, Simi. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to open a wound. I just wanted to say I sympathize with you because when I saw that yesterday, one, I thought of you. Two, I thought, you know, that's not fair. Come on. He should make it in there. It's Daniel Alfredson. He, as a builder even, you know, like what he did for the Ottawa Senators franchise in those early years when people weren't really paying attention. But you know what? We yeah, digress. We should talk some politics here as well. I'm we sorry. We can, but his number is retired and he had a great international career as well, which I think is ultimately why he'll end up in the Hall of Fame eventually. And I will think of you on that day, okay? <laughs> I will think of you on that day. Uh, let's talk about Phase 3, Premier Horgan having that press conference yesterday. Uh, they seem pretty confident, but they also, I think you it's, it's tough, right? You want to say, yes, let's do this, but also we still need to be careful. Yes, and we're already really in Phase 3 anyways. And, you know, when, when the Premier announced Phase 2, it was a seismic shift, right? It went from these substantial restrictions and all of us living these lives where we were predominantly working from home and our lives had changed. And then Phase 2 started opening up new elements, right? We could expand our social bubbles. Elective surgery started to come back into play. Schools opened on an optional basis. Like, that was a seismic shift. Mm -hmm. phase three is very different you know this is yes you can go travel but a lot of people were planning travel anyways and yes you can open up hotels and resorts but those hotels and resorts were already starting to open mm -hmm. the film industry is already planning to open but the big part in all of this is you must have a travel plan if you're going to travel this summer and the province will continue to remind people if you go out into british columbia this summer summers they're encouraging people to do Make sure you have a plan to physical distance, uh, to isolate if you get sick, bring your food with you in many cases to, to try to lessen the pressure on those communities in terms of the grocery stores and the supply chains. And so 
it's going to be really interesting mm-hmm. how people buy into this different type of travel. We should mention, you mentioned the film industry there. We've got Prem Gill, the CEO of Creative BC, coming up actually uh, in about 10 minutes' time here on the show to talk more about that. Uh, but l- I want to talk about something that was a hot topic in question period this week as well. And this is the Economic Task Force, the province, uh, the temporary layoff protection. What is going on with this? Yeah, so it's a little bit unclear exactly what's going on with this. This was the main talking point yeah. for the BC Liberals the entire week in question period. And they believe they have something here where a number of business organizations sent a letter uh, to uh, the Premier asking for an extension around uh, the temporary layoff protection program. So the government put in protection on layoffs for 16 weeks. Um, they are hoping for more clarity on this because businesses are struggling with what will happen in terms of layoffs. And so Premier Horgan uh, is having a meeting uh, today with some of the people that were signatories on the letter. That was also a matter of contention as well. But some of those people will have a meeting. And my guess is the province will probably reverse course here, but we'll, we'll have to see. Horgan has opened the door for reversing course. The federal government is lengthening its temporary layoff program to six months to give businesses more time to, to rebound from the pandemic without having to permanently fire staff and pay out the severances. And the severances seems to be the big sticking point here. So there are some mixed thoughts within the NDP cabinet around how this should be pursued, but Premier Horgan will have that meeting today, and we'll have to wait and see what the outcome is for that meeting. Okay, and we'll ask him about that as well. He's coming up just after, I think, 7.30 news on the show. So also, Oh, you got a busy show. I know, right? As always, Richard, as always. Um, let's talk about they, they also want to figure out what to do about the law that requires balanced budgets, because clearly you can't be expected to balance a budget in a year like this. And I don't think it's a huge surprise that the province is looking to change the law. They introduced legislation yesterday. It will be passed. Uh, It just will take some time to get there. And right now, the current law is that British Columbia governments can't pass uh, deficit budgets. Well, the reality is there will be deficits. What's interesting about the legislation is they are forecasting now for moving forward a three-year fiscal plan of deficits, which means including this year, four straight deficit budgets. And again, should it be a huge surprise that the projections are deficits for four plus years? No, but putting it down on paper means that, you know, You're this government- You're kind of committing to it, yeah. And, exactly, and, and, and not knowing a solution, Simi, on how to get out of it. And I think that's, and every jurisdiction in the world is dealing with this. This is not a BC only problem. But as everybody got dealt the same hand with the pandemic, everybody will deal with it differently. You know, every jurisdiction in the world will have different recovery plans. And that's going to be key is what does British Columbia do to help get out of this economic pitfall and try to continue to move forward and get back uh, into those surplus budgets. You know, BC had the strongest economy in the country heading into this and likely will still have the strongest economy in the country. But what that means, the definition of that has changed dramatically because of the pandemic. Okay. And let's talk about the hub city bid. Yeah. Uh, because now in the last 24 hours, we started to hear that perhaps Vancouver's bid is a bit shaky. Yeah. So there's a few different things that uh, have emerged here. There's been a number of reports about, uh, concerns about what will happen if a player gets sick. And this is a question 
I'd been asking Dr. Henry and uh, publicly and also behind the scenes around, you know, if one player or one staff gets sick in the hub, what happens? And there seems to be a disagreement around that between public health officials here and the NHL. And seemingly, Vancouver was on the verge of being chosen as a hub city. And this issue still needs to be resolved before the NHL makes that final decision. The other issue uh, I'm hearing about as well is that um, there was an agreement made about a hub quarantine or, or hub quarantine. So everybody quarantines together and they can right. travel from the hotel to the arena. And I'm hearing there is a differing of opinion about whether staff should be involved in that hub quarantine and health officials here are concerned hmm. about that as well. So if I have the opportunity, I will ask Dr. Henry about this today because you know, it's obviously one of those things where we're on the verge of finding out if Vancouver will play host, yeah. but these two issues are standing in the way it looks like. All right. Thanks very much for that, Richard. Yeah, thanks, Simi. Have a great day. You too. That's Richard Zussman, our Global News Victoria reporter.